This is Paul Daniels, Chairman of Involved Investors. I must say that I've been hugely encouraged by the reaction to my first podcast, and I do thank you all so much. You've given me the encouragement to continue, so this is my second. Pretty amazing, considering about six months ago I hadn't got a clue what a podcast was, or a webinar, or all these modern words. After 60 years in business, this is all very revolutionary stuff. Anyway, today I'm going to talk about business's most valuable asset, the most important asset a business has. And in my view, it's not one of the fixed assets. It's not property or plant or vehicles. It's not even cash or stock. And it's not even intellectual property, designs, patents. It's the people. The people who work in the business are its most important asset. And they're not even on the balance sheet. I often think there should be a balance sheet of people. Yes, the cost of them is, but not the actual value of the people, because it's very difficult to value a person. I value a person on two words, and the two words are trust and respect. Do I feel that I can trust that person? Do I respect that person? In those two words, it actually doesn't matter whether it's a personal relationship, a family relationship, or a business relationship. Those two words encapsulate the most important features in trust and respect, which are trust covers integrity, their character. It's not the same as personality. Personality is the shop window of character, but the core person beneath and their reliability. And respect incorporates their attitude, their skills, and their judgment. So I'm always on the lookout for those people that I feel have those characteristics. And they can be car washers, they can be odd job men, they can be waiters, postmen, teachers, various professional people. It doesn't matter who or where, they go into a tiny little pocket in my brain to come out later if I'm ever looking for such a person. They're people who do more than they're asked to do. They do whatever they're asked to do, even if it's right outside their job remit, with a smile. They're not clock watchers. And eventually, if they join you, they think of your business non-stop. I don't mean they don't have a personal life and they don't have other hobbies and things to do, which they certainly must have. But while they're driving, while they're on the loo, in the middle of the night, they'll come up with an idea on our mutual business. And there's nothing I used to like more than being woken in the middle of the night with a brand new spanking idea which would make such a difference to us. It was just the feeling that other people were as concerned as I was about the business and owned it like I did. The great financier and businessman of the 60s, 70s and 80s, Sir James Goldsmith, once said to a friend of mine, he's a stockbroker called John, he said, John, you just don't understand, but you must understand that there are two types of money. There's money and there's my money, and they're different. And if you can find people who look after your money like their money, then you've got gems and they will make money out of it. And then you can look after their money like your money. So it's very, very important to find those people, those people who share your enthusiasm, your drive and your ownership of the business and they are rare and diving for pearls is difficult you get duds I've had some duds but basically I've found pearls in all the successful businesses I've had 
And you can bet your bottom dollar that a bad management team will completely screw up a really good business idea. But a good management team can make a very ordinary idea flourish. That's the difference. So people are a business's greatest asset. I'm going to tell you a story about one such person. I've told him I'm going to tell the story, and he doesn't mind. I went to a factory in the Midlands. It was a large roadside factory. And it was late. It was after the factory had closed anyway. And the workers were actually walking out of the gates of the factory in their demob outfits, their overalls, and were finished for the day. I know the feeling. I used to work in a factory. I had lots of factories of my own. And I didn't blame them for that. That was their day. They wanted to get on with their evening, get back to their families and their social lives. Chris came running up. He was a very ordinary sort of guy in his late 30s, nothing to denote him or make him special when I first met him. And he turns to the gate and he says, Barry, he says, Barry, would you be kind enough to come back into the factory and show Mr. Daniels? I just desperately want to show him that new laser road sign gantry that's going over the M62 next week. And then he says, George, he said, George, could you just come back and just show Mr. Daniels the new lathe machine, which we have put in on an automated basis to cut our cost down. And they both came in very willingly and very friendly. And they showed me the machinery, which was impressive. They were happy to linger. They were very pleasant until Chris said, thanks, guys, very much. And off they went with a smile and a wave. Chris then took me up to the office. He showed me what he'd done up there, and it was impressive. He was giving the directors a one-pager, telling them all the results of the days, and a weekly one-pager, which gave them the total KPIs. And at the end of that, all that, I said to him, Chris, I said, when did you join them? So he said, I've been here nearly two years. So I said, really, I said, what did you join them as? He said, a forklift driver. So I said, well, what were you doing before that? He said, I was a chef. He said, I left school at 14 and I did a little bit of education, but basically I wanted to work on the job. Single mother, slight disability, and I had to get cracky. And I was a chef, but I wanted to get a proper job. I'd say chefing's a proper job today, but he didn't consider it so. So he got into a factory environment. I said, well, it's a pretty meteoric rise. I said, are you the factory manager? He said, oh, no, I'm not the factory manager. So I said, who is? Anyway, by questioning him, it turned out that actually he was working, he was running the factory. And I said, what about all this office thing? So he said, well, the directors wanted me to solve a problem for them. And I had given them a few ideas. They gave me a computer. I hadn't got one. I worked it out. And this is the result. So I said, well, so you're running the office? So he said, oh, no, no. Anyway, he was. And when I left that factory, I said to Chris, I said, you and I, are going to work together one day. And he looked at me very bemused. And he went home, apparently, to his wife, Jackie. And he said, Jackie, I met some guy from London who came up to me and said at the end of our meeting that I'm going to work for him. I didn't. I always said, with me. And they both had a good laugh about it. Anyway, three years later, Marco and I needed a manager for traffic management products because we diversified into lots of other businesses we were in advertising, media ownership, storage and construction. We had two construction businesses. And I said to Marco, I know just the guy. And he agreed to employ Chris. Chris came down. He sat down in the general office. He did absolutely nothing for six weeks. And Marco was constantly saying to me, when's this guy going to start shining the light? Because there's no light coming out of him at the moment. And I was getting a little worried watching him through the window of my office. But after six weeks, he comes into us. He says... Um, can I please have a chat? Yes. I've come up with a plan. This is it. This is what I want to do in the business. We need to diversify. I want to develop a new product. 
can I please have £20,000? And I immediately said yes. Marco said, when he'd gone, he said, you're crazy, Paul. He said, you really didn't listen to his plan. I said, I didn't need to. I know he'll do it. And he did. And he developed a product called Afflector, which is a reflective keep left bollard, very esoteric, but it replaced the internally lit bollard. It's everywhere in the UK. And on the strength of that, we sold the business, or he did. Chris was a guy who never sold anything. People bought from him. They bought from him because they trusted him. One day, as an example, a guy from Durham phoned. He was a traffic manager for Durham City Council. He phoned he desperately needed a small part for a Gojack, which was a product which lifted cars onto 16 little bogey wheels, four under each tyre, and enabled it to be moved so that it didn't obstruct other vehicles. And he had a big obstruction problem. The next morning, the guy arrives at his office in Durham. Sitting outside is Chris in his car. And the chap says, Chris, I didn't know you were up here when I phoned you last night. He said, I wasn't. He said, well, how are you here now? He said, well, I've just driven up. You need this. And he hands him the part, a tiny little part. And I I said, that's absolutely unbelievable service. He said, thank you so much. He said, come on, let me buy you breakfast. Chris said, no, I want to get back to the office. And he was back by lunchtime. He didn't even tell me he'd been. But the Durham City Council orders started pouring in. So this is the man. Around the turn of the century, I had some major medical surgery. And I was in intensive care. By that time, we had significant business interests and they were all taking a lot of our time. Marco was very involved in the media business and I was trying to run the others. Chris was running traffic management products. And I called him to my bedside and I said, Chris, I've got some real problems. I'm not going to get back in order to finish them and I need you to help me. He said, tell me, what are they? So I said, well, for a start, we're building our first modular building behind the old Vic in London. The contract's with Peabody and the London Development Agency, but it's got to be managed through because it's due to be built in three or four weeks' time. We prepared the land. He said, leave it to me. And I knew I could, and I slept much better that night, knowing that I left it in good hands. The building was completed on a Sunday afternoon, 30 units in nine hours on wide loaders with police escorts from Dunsfold Aerodrome, where we built them, to Waterloo. An incredible feat perfectly executed. When we came to sell the business, the buyers insisted that Chris had to go with it, otherwise they wouldn't buy it. And he also agreed to stay on for two years. I wanted to get him back to his home in the Midlands with his family after forfeiting so much of his life to us, all his weeks away from his wife and two sons. Chris insisted on doing it. We sold the business on the strength of him when he'd finished, we, had, we called him up to the house and he was presented with a gift which blew his mind because, and believe me, it was the most pleasant thing we've ever done as a family and, and Marco and I and my wife really enjoyed the moment. We gave him a red Porsche car. He was very keen on cars and that was his absolute epitome of ambition. And to this day, 20 years later, he still polishes it every Friday, takes the wheels off to clean behind them. So that's been a great pleasure for us. Chris is now a great friend. We speak very regularly and he's an executor of our wills. And the reason for that is that we know for certain that he will do the right thing. We can rely on him. Great story. Very proud to be able to tell it to you. And I hope that you find your pearls Keep diving and looking for them because they are essential 
You cannot work alone. You have to have people alongside you and people of more ability than yourself. I hope you learned something from that. Next week, we're going to be piggybacking on other people's assets and we'll get into more commercial stuff. But for this week, I have enjoyed talking with you. I hope that whether you listen next time or not, you are hugely successful in business. You find your pearls and you do good with the money you make. All the best and thank you.